This is Beat the Closing Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside analyst for thelines.com, Mo Nawara. And again, joining us this week, we've got Steven Andress. Now, we have made it to the conference championships. We're going to be talking about which bets we like for these two games and how the lines have maybe already moved or how they might move as we inch closer to game time. But before we get into this weekend's slate of games, make sure to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the lines. YouTube channel and ring the bell so you get all of those notifications. And if you listen to us where you get your podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Beat the Closing Line pod. How did a last week go for you, Mo? I'll let you start. Last week was a very good week. We needed it after uh, the previous week. I think we scooped uh, the plays from this show, right? Four and I believe oh. so. Yeah. America's teaser came home. It was beautiful. <laughs> America's teaser stole that from Matt Brown. That was, that was good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it just goes to show you just because every single betting content producer on the planet is, is sending out the same bet. It doesn't mean it's a bad bet all the time, right? Like don't just fade the public to fade the public. This is a traditional long teaser taking two teams through the three and through the seven. And they came home easily there. The, and we needed it too. Cause the chiefs did not cover the, the line without the teaser legs. So um, another, another beautiful day in teaser land in the divisional round, Nicole. That's awesome, guys. Let's uh, move forward to these conference championship games. We're going to kick it off with the Eagles, who are looking to head to the Super Bowl for the second time in six years, but they are going to have to face Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers first. Now, the Eagles' ground game was on fire last weekend with over 268 yards. San Francisco, on the other hand, has been having a pretty amazing story with Brock Purdy going 7-0 and since he's taken over for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo in this matchup Mo you like the Eagles at minus two and a half here yeah sometimes you can boil a handicap down to one sentence I think this is one of those spots (laughs) um I just see the Eagles at home with a better coach and a better quarterback and south of three and I think that's just wrong I know there's people who are going to push back on Nick Sirianni being a better coach than Kyle Shanahan. I would just tell those people actually watch what Shanahan does in games because he's awful. Uh, Yes, he's a very good game planner and offensive head coach designer. But when it comes to actually making decisions in game, he's one of the worst. Um, Just consistently passes up uh, positive EV spots where you should be aggressive and he just loves kicking field goals. We saw that last week. Um, and yeah, I've been a little bit skeptical of Brock Purdy. It keeps costing me, but, um, he did not play a very good game against the Cowboys. I thought, um, I thought it was a pretty unimpressive performance against the best defense he's faced. Um, he's faced like, I think three decent defenses so far, two pretty mediocre games, uh, of those three, uh, he did very well against Tampa Bay, but they pretty much no showed in that game. So I don't know how much credit to give him there. Uh, I, w- I looked at his EPA per play in this game against Dallas just to make sure my eyes weren't completely lying to me. 
he would rank right in the middle of the pack in the NFL, 14th, if he did it for a full season. Uh, guys like Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones ahead of him, you know, these are not quarterbacks to be feared, although they did have solid seasons. I'm pretty excited about the Eagles pass rush here against the 49ers getting to Brock Purdy. I thought that some of what I said last week about Purdy not being able to escape actually good pass rushers kind of came to fruition in some spots. He was getting hawked down and doing some weird things in some of those plays. That one play in the red zone, he was pirouetting backwards and just, uh, you know, hurling the ball once he realized (laughs) that wasn't going to work. And the Eagles have the best pass rush in the NFL. Um, They have the best sack rate in the NFL. And that's just if you look at raw sack rate, if you look at adjusted sack rate, the difference is incredibly large. Uh, Difference between the Eagles at number one and the number two sack rate is the same as the difference between number two and number 18. So I think people maybe don't realize just how good this Eagles pass rush is. It is very, very, very good. And Brock Purdy is going to have to make some tougher plays in this game. So... I'm excited to see uh, uh, how that goes for him, and I'm not expecting it to go that well. I do uh, a little bit worry in the same sense about Jalen Hurts um, against the Niners defense, though. I would say that the one thing he does have going for him, though, is very, very good matchup on the edges with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think I've talked about how the Niners defense, the cornerbacks are beatable, especially the weak point does seem to be Diameter Lenore at, at CB2. One of those guys is going to be covered by him, so that should help. There should be some some good open throws for Jalen Hurts here and there. Um, so I, I do think the Eagles should be minus three here. If you If it goes up to minus three later in the week and it's still like minus 105 or something, plus 100, something like that, I still think I would maybe take a smaller shot at minus three, but... I got minus two, and I think anything south of three is is solid for the Eagles. I do think we are going to see Jalen Hurts go to the air a little bit more in this game. He didn't really need to rely on that a ton last weekend, which was obviously great for him because he was still kind of rehabbing that shoulder injury. But I do feel like they are going to try to exploit this San Francisco pass defense on longer plays, which has been San Francisco's weakness. I feel like he's going to be connecting with A.J. Brown quite a bit. Now, I do like the Eagles here in the spot. I believe most of the world likes the Eagles here in this spot. But I'm also going to take Jalen Hurts as an anytime touchdown scorer at plus 110 at DraftKings. I do think, like I said before, we're going to see some long pass plays, which is going to get them in a good position close in that in that red zone. And I think Jalen is going to be able to do the rest with his legs and get them into the end zone at least one time. Steven? What do you think about all of this? I am going to at least pour a little cold water onto the thought that this is a slam dunk for the Eagles this week. I do think this line is a little inflated off of the Eagles dominating a team that most of us thought was just not anywhere near the tier of these final four teams that we have. And the Niners probably getting a little downgraded because they won an ugly game, right? It was it was not all that impressive, but they still covered the spread. So it was just a low scoring game. Now, full disclosure, I actually have futures on both of these teams, on the Eagles and the 49ers. So I I want the 49ers to win because (laughs) I have more equity there. But just a little sidebar here. You know, a lot of these books that are out there, if you're in a legal betting state, will give you risk-free bets throughout the NFL season, sometimes with like same-game parlays. Maybe it's a $5 or a $10 risk-free same-game parlay. One of my favorite things to do is always bet those, make it like a lottery ticket, 
And if it loses, you get your free bet back or your bonus bet and just throw it on some futures and start building some equity in some of these futures. So that that's what happened with the Eagles. All of my Eagles futures are built off of failed same game parlays that were risk free. So now I'm sitting pretty here with at least one member of the Super Bowl this year and the future still riding. So just a just a fun little betting strategy I, I like to employ that I thought might be helpful for people in whatever sport that those promos are being offered for. <clears throat> Nicole, I'm I think the most confident thing I am about this game is that both teams are going to be able to run the ball, believe it or not. I know the 49ers are second in rush to EPA and success rate, but <clears throat> if you look at the Eagles in games, Jalen Hurts has been on the field. The rush game has been really in, a, in another stratosphere, and I don't think that's hyperbolic to say. They're, they're not only first in rush EPA, but the gap between first and second is the same between the gap from second to 18th. And they're also first in success rate, and the gap between first and second is the same as the gap between second and 14th. And there was a really great clip from NFL Live this week. Go find it if you haven't seen it. Of them breaking down why it's so difficult to defend the Eagles' offense. And it's because everything is a read. And Jalen Hurts is either handing the ball off or passing it based on what the linebackers are doing post-snap. So you could have the perfect play call. And if you make the wrong decision that split second, the Eagles are taking advantage of it. So that's where a lot of this run game success has been coming from. And... I'm not sure that anybody can stop it, to be honest with you, even the 49ers who have been this stout. So um, I think gun to my head, I think the Eagles have an advantage here for all the reasons Mo said, but I'm not convinced that this is just some slam dunk for the Eagles. I do think by far this is the toughest matchup they've had all season. They have been feasting on one of the three easiest schedules all year. Got a cakewalk to this point in the NFC Championship with a bye week and having to play the New York Giants, who are just an inferior team to any of these Final Four. So this is the real test for the Eagles. If they prove it here, they're legit, and they're probably going to win the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. We'll see. Uh, I think they match up extremely well, and I don't see really a weakness at any level of their roster anywhere. And I don't think I can say that about any of the other three teams. All right. And moving on to the next game, we've got Steven on the show for the second time and he's mixing things up again with a prop bet. Technically, I did just do the same. So that's okay. But the Kansas City Chiefs are going to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the opening line was KC minus two and a half. It's looking like it's sitting right now at Cincy minus one. A lot of this had to do with the speculation that Mahomes wouldn't be 100% in this matchup, but it looks like he might be better than we thought. But for this one, like I said, we're not looking at the spread here. Steven, you are taking Pacheco over 47 and a half rushing yards. So talk us through this one. Yeah, for sure. To be honest with you, Nicole, I know I'm mixing it up with props, but I think we all would agree when you get to this point in the season in the conference championships, when it comes to spreads and totals, we're really, you know, betting our opinions on these. There's not like a numerical edge that we're going to get when there's only two games left on the board and every sharp on the planet is locked on those games. So, you know, sometimes you got to mix it up. And, And a lot of times they offer so many props that it's hard to keep track of all of them at the same time. So Isaiah Pacheco over 47 and a half rushing yards. I've this over at bet rivers if you go to lines.com under the odds tab hit the prop finder tool you type in a player's name and you instantly get to compare the lines for these props across all the different sports books in your state and this was a bit of an off-market number at 47 and a half with with minus 10 to minus 114 juice 
the other books are all at 50 for the most part or the same number, but juiced a lot higher. So first of all, I think it's a wrong number. Second of all, if you look at the matchup, Kansas City has run the ball extremely effectively in the three matchups they've had against against Cincinnati dating back to last year with more than five yards per carry on the ground in each of those games. And I think part of that is is the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, Lou Anarumo, being content to play too high shell, let the, the Chiefs run the ball, force them to have long drives, shorten the game, increase the variance when you're playing the best quarterback on the planet. And if they want to run the ball, so be it. Let them go run the ball. And the Chiefs have been content to do that. This also just overall is is a number that continues to stay the same week to week for Pacheco and has not been adjusted to his usage in this offense. And I scratch my head. I don't understand it. He has had 50 plus rushing yards in nine of his past 10 games. He's had 60 plus in eight of his past 10. He's had 70 plus in five of his past 10. So. I don't know why this number hasn't been adjusted, but, you know, in my mind, Isaiah Pacheco might be the best seventh round rookie still playing in the NFL here. No, no offense to Brock Purdy, but he's been phenomenal in the run game for the Chiefs. Mo, are you siding with Steven on this one? I am. I'm I'm not a Pacheco guy, first of all, I want to (laughs) say. Really? yeah, I just think the Chiefs fandom's obsession with him is ridiculous. I mean, I think it's their own line, right? Fumbles and poor performance in the passing game. Basically zero performance in the passing game. I just don't think he's near as good as people realize, but uh, as people think. But he, he is a pretty good runner of the football, though. Um, unfortunately, that just doesn't have very much value nowadays. Uh, if this was 1995, boy, Pacheco would be one hell of a pickup <laughs> for the Chiefs. Probably wouldn't have gone in the seventh round, though. Um, yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you, basically, that there is something to the Chiefs' ability to run the ball against the Bengals. I've mentioned it a lot over the season that the Bengals' run defense is just okay. It, it hasn't been that strong. And, yeah, I, I think the Bengals are just playing a lot of light boxes here kind of defending the Chiefs the way the Chiefs defend a lot of other teams over the last few years. Um, and the Chiefs run blocking has been super, super strong all year. I believe they were number one on PFF grades for a lot of the season. Looks like they've slipped down to fifth, but still a very good uh, run blocking unit there. And I, I think the only thing that just could could ever really worry you in this spot is the Chiefs running back usage has been really tough to predict in, in a lot of spots. Uh, Andy Reid does seem to have some different game plans that involve different players. He likes to ride the hot hand in some spots. <clears throat> if the Chiefs fall behind a little bit early, I think we won't see very much Pacheco. Um, Jarek McKinnon obviously has been kind of the go-to back for the Chiefs over the last couple of years in the playoffs. But obviously more of a force in the passing game and 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 i I think we could see like if pacheco rips off some early uh runs yeah this is going to go way over that because he's going to stick with it sticking with this same game and mo now we're mixing it up a little bit we haven't done one of these before but you're going with the first half being the higher scoring half at plus 100 on DraftKings, which isn't a very, I would say, common bet, not one that we normally talk about on the show. So give us some more details on that one. Yeah, this one um, I thought kind of jives with a little bit what Steven has been talking about with the Chiefs rushing success. That's kind of one of my big reasonings for this one and and 
one of the things that kind of pointed me to it when I was thinking about game flow for this game and how it might go. Um, first half is an underdog um, to the second half, which I think is not going to surprise a lot of people. People are probably going to think of this game as a game where whichever quarterback is behind is going to turn it on late, is going to enter near some drives, come back. We could see some scoring, something like what the Chiefs and Bills did in that insane game last year. But I actually think because both teams have had success running the ball against the other one, that we might actually see the opposite where the team that is winning is actually going to have some success moving the ball and and churning the clock. Uh, So I could see the first half maybe should be the favorite if that if that's the case if i'm right about that the first half has been the higher scoring half in two of their last three and it was by quite a bit in both of those the third one was close it was 27 24 in favor of the second half um a couple things that i think maybe point to first half higher scoring and and yeah i do want to say like steven said you kind of got to dig around for some some value i mean you know i'm not gonna uh we can't just come out here and throw out sides and totals uh, uh, when when these are so tough to beat at this point of the season. So I ha- had to dig a little bit for this one. But just thinking about how, how this game might go, we know Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be fresher earlier in the game. A couple things that could happen here if the ankle proves problematic, if it swells up, if he gets, God forbid, re-injured and we have to see Chad Henney in there later in the game, then... The first half would definitely be a big favorite because there's a way better quarterback playing. Um, and other thing is, like I was saying, and like Steven said, the running success, the Chiefs, 5.5 yards per attempt is is their, their floor in these last three games against the Bengals. They have been really, really good running the ball in the Bengals. But the Bengals, obviously everyone saw them just absolutely destroy the Bills on the ground last week. But they also did very well against the Chiefs in the game earlier this year, uh, despite not having Joe Mixon, although I guess it's questionable what the drop-off really is to Samaj Pirine, but they did run for 152 yards uh, with Samaj Pirine as as the primary back in that game. So, yeah, I, I think both teams, whichever has the lead, is going to be trying to run the ball, and, and they might actually do a decent job of it. So we could see a, a slower fourth quarter than people realize, basically. Steven, any thoughts on that before we move into the last pick of the game? Or of the yeah, day, for starters, sorry, not the game. You, for starters, you have a defensive coordinator in Lou Anarumo for the Bengals who has a streak now um, of, of not allowing a fourth quarter touchdown in the three playoff games he had in the run to the Super Bowl and also the two playoff games so far this year. And they had a, a huge streak through the second half of last year where they did not give up a touchdown in the second half of games. He's a master, um, you know, adjustment guy at halftime. He, uh, I don't know why he doesn't get more head coaching consideration to be quite honest with you. Lou Riddick just tweeted that out this week as well. He hasn't gotten a single interview. It's mind boggling to me. So, and he's done a good job against the Kansas city chiefs in all three matchups dating back to last year against the chiefs, including the one this season. Chiefs have not scored a fourth quarter touchdown against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think that fits with Mo's bet here, obviously. And also the fact that both of these teams this season were top five in EPA per play offensively in the first half of games. 
So I think that fits really well here as well for Mo's bet. And for our final discussion point of the day, Stephen, I know you are in between a few things, a teaser potentially, or Mahomes under on passing yards. So talk us through the two bets that you're considering, what the current odds are for these, and you know if you've actually fired on either one that you have been considering. Yeah, for sure. I think, first of all, just the idea of a Wong teaser this week being available is very interesting to me because these are the tightest lines we tend to see all season when we get this late. And for starters, I think the Philadelphia San Francisco game fits very well there. It's a, it's a total in the forties. You're getting San Francisco up through the three and the seven up to eight and a half as we record here on Wednesday afternoon. So that fits obviously. I think, you know, Mo would agree that we are kind of fishing a little bit with what the appropriate line is for the Kansas City Cincinnati game just because of all the uncertainty with Mahomes and his high ankle sprain. But he held his press conference on Wednesday. He's going to practice. He's going to see how much he can practice. All signs seem to point to him playing in this one. So after this got as high as Chiefs plus two and a half on Tuesday, we're sitting around plus one right now uh, on Wednesday, which is not teasable. I need plus one and a half or better with either of these teams to want to tease it. So I'll just say, you know, we have to record this in the middle of the week and then you guys can make your decisions down the road. If you're watching this later and either of these teams are plus one and a half or better, I'd be fine teasing it because to me, I'm a little bit more comfortable today on Wednesday than I was Monday or Tuesday with Mahomes being at least able to sit in the pocket and deliver the football, which to me takes at least lowers the chance of there being a double digit win by either of these teams. These teams have played three times now. We, you know, the third time I've said it in this show, but all of those games were close games. Nobody ran away from anybody in those games. There was a little bit of turnover variance in the playoff game there, but you know, I think these two teams are very evenly matched. I think power ratings across a lot of sports books will tell you that this is a pretty evenly matched game at this point. So look out for the teaser. The, the other bet I've actually made is Patrick Mahomes under his passing yards. And really, it's just more of a, a process bet. To be honest with you, I bet this on Tuesday at under 270, and I've gotten the worst of the number. I come on, beat the closing line, and I give a bet that completely did not beat the closing line. But here we go. Uh, but the good news is for the rest of you out there, you can get a great number now. I mean, this is like 280 as we record right now, which, you know, from reading Mo's article on the site, is a you know 20 yard discount from what this typically would be and if we're ever talking about a player with an injury that at least has some chance of costing him the ability to even finish the game you can't ever consider betting the over and if there's a chance that he doesn't finish the game then or at least misses some of the game because of the injury you increase your opportunity to to get the under here and if you look at the three matchups against Cincinnati, he's only gone over 270 once. His high in those three games was 275. He's been 260 or less in the other two. And I think, again, that goes back to the Bengals being content to have light boxes, like Mo mentioned, let them run the ball, force them to have long drives, and take away splash plays in the passing game. So um, I think this number for this matchup, points to an under for not only the matchup reasons, but also because he's not a hundred percent. And, um, you know, as an old coworker used to told me, tell me, Nicole, NFL players get the best drugs, 
but they don't <laughs> always last for the entire game. <laughs> they do get some phenomenal drugs, I will say, because whatever <laughs> they have in that in that blue tent or the, that locker room, it's like a miracle worker. But Stephen, before before I let Mo, you know, take us home, I think this is a good opportunity because you did bring up potentially Mahomes. You know, we obviously we never want a player to get hurt. But there is a chance that, you know, maybe he does aggravate that injury and he doesn't play the whole game. So if you are taking these props, just know your sportsbook house rules, <laughs> because I believe for most of them is if he takes a snap, that's it, right? Like he takes right. a snap, that that bet's going to be graded. Now, a lot of people in this industry have gotten used to goodwill gestures or sports books, you know, giving a goodwill gesture if Mahomes gets injured early or has to sit early, but you cannot count on those. So if you are going to take a prop on Mahomes and he's, you know, potential to not finish the game, just just a PSA. Check those sports book rules before you complain on Twitter. Absolutely. So, all I want to say. All right, Mo, any final thoughts before uh, before we end today's show? Um, I would just say <clears throat> about this one and, and both of these bets in general, I think if you're bearish on Mahomes' um, ability to like be something close to his normal, just super effective self, then I, I, I like maybe building some same-game parlays, alternate lines, maybe a points bet on points bet on his props, stuff like that, because I, I think you could get some huge payouts if he's really, really not close to, to being himself. Um, so just in the same vein of what you were saying, check, check house rules, dig, dig around and, and see what your sports books are offering because you don't have to just bet the, the market line and whatever else people on Twitter are betting. Like look around and, and see if you can find something uh, that, pays out big maybe because <clears throat> the the low side of things where he's just in really rough shape or he gets hurt i mean the Bengals could win this game by 10 you know they could win this game by more than 10 i mean we just saw them they just destroyed the bills by 17 so you know don't be afraid to go out on a limb for you know find some crazy payout and, and see if you can hit something big because this is the spot where there's a lot of uncertainty and when there's uncertainty is when there could be value at like the left and right tails of, of the outcomes. Definitely good advice. Now guys, I just can't believe after this weekend, we're going to be at the Super Bowl. I don't know. This season seemed to kind of fly by. We're either at the Super Bowl or the best Rihanna concert, you know, of like the past five years, however you want to look at it. Um, but <laughs> if you are wagering this weekend, good luck on your bets. And we will, again, we will see you next time for our final chat on Super Bowl, Steven and myself are actually going to be on the ground in Arizona. So make sure that you are checking out the line social media feeds because we're going to be giving you kind of a lot of behind the scenes looks at stuff that's going on in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. Again, it's the first Super Bowl that has been held in a legal betting jurisdiction. So obviously for us and all those sports bettors out there, it is a very exciting time. And we will have all of those betting previews and injury reports and everything over at the lines.com. And last but not least make sure you are following our discord channel because there are going to be a ton of betting discussions in there as well we'll see you guys next week <laughs>